Welcome to the RV Navigator Podcast, your RV lifestyle digital home. Visit the RV Navigator homepage at rvnavigator.com. And now, here are your hosts, Ken and Martha, podcasting from their mobile RV studio that might be parked in a campground near you. Hello, this is Ken, your RV Navigator. And Martha, the co-pilot. And here we are in our home away from home. Finally, we could actually be in a campground near you. And the campground's pretty full, so we might be near you. Because it is just after Memorial Day, and we have been driving out to Arizona, where the weather is... Cold and rainy. I thought Arizona was desert. <laughs> well, we, we are camped on the Mogollon Rim, which means we're at an, a mile-high altitude um, in the city of Flagstaff. And there are lovely mountains around here which make their own weather every day. So we've been faked out, and we shouldn't have been because we've been here well, once before what? when we went to summer school here. Uh, you get up in the morning, the sky is perfectly clear and blue. Which is what happened this morning. And by 11 a.m., the mountains have gathered the clouds and it starts to gray over and you have thunder and lightning and perhaps even rain. But if we wanted bad weather, we could have stayed home. Indeed. <laughs> so we've learned to A, had bad weather. get in the car and drive somewhere else <laughs> or B, do everything before 11 o'clock in the morning. Well, and everybody says, well, you don't want to go to Phoenix because it's 100 degrees, but... It's 100 degrees and sunny. At least it's <laughs> 50 degrees and cold and rainy. Tomorrow we are going to go to Phoenix, so we'll have something else to complain about, I guess. You just can't beat the weather, I'll tell you. <laughs> well, welcome to the June podcast of the RV Navigator, and we want to remind you that uh, you can contact us on our listener hotline at 815-230-0772. We'd love to hear from you, so send us a voicemail, a shout-out, and if you are in the mood, send us an email at navigator at rvnavigator.com and of course visit our website for all of the fabulous links for this podcast actually we've, we've been doing this a long time have we over three years really unbelievable time flies when you're having fun number 40 <laughs> <laughs> well it hasn't really been all that much fun getting out here i'll tell you oh i'm talking about the podcast oh i see okay but and our loyal listeners yes. motivate us to keep doing this. Yes, we do get uh, lots of good emails every month, and it is nice to hear from you. So please uh, feel free to give us a shout. Well, even though it took us five days of driving to get out here from yes. home, I have to say that it was certainly more pleasant than it was the first time we did it when we left after work on a Friday and had to be in Flagstaff Sunday. Sunday. And, and at that time and in a number of other times we come to Arizona, we keep forgetting that we get goofed up because they have they're in their own private time, time zone. zone here. Um, we understood how things were working when we went into New Mexico and we went on Mountain Time. That made sense. And we thought, well, we'll stay on Mountain Time in Arizona. But, but no. no! We are on the equivalent of California's Pacific Time, but they call it Mountain Time without Daylight Savings it's, Time. It's just Mountain Time, whereas the rest of the state goes on Daylight day, Mountains. Well, Daylight. No, not the rest of the state. The only part of the state no, that well, goes on daylight savings time zone. is the Indians. So if you are spending time on the res, uh, you are still in mountain time. But if you're in the state uh, where people are Anglo-looking or Hispanic-looking, then they are on Pacific time, time in the summer, I guess. And one time we made a serious mistake because we were here on the day the time changed. We went to an event and we were an hour early. 
we couldn't figure out what had happened. So note to self, when you go to Arizona, <laughs> check what time it really is there. Well, only in the summer, because in the winter... They it's on mountain time. Mountain standard With time. New Mexico, which with makes sense. With New Mexico sense. and all the other. But so it's, it's really confusing. So, so come on, Arizona, get with the program, will you? It's almost as bad as Indiana. <laughs> so our trip out here was quite exciting because we had a nice stop at HWH. Oh, you're really going to talk about this? I'm so depressed. Oh. Well, HWH manufactures our jacks. We have a hydraulic jack leveling system, and we had one jack that was kind of uh, slow and going up and down. So on a cold and rainy day, we pull into HWH, and they replace the jack. What's very interesting for us is, is that at the factory in Moscow, Iowa, they charge substantially less than if you get it done by an RV dealer. An RV dealer in Florida cost us about $800 and in the factory in less time and probably more competent service, they they took care of the jack replacement for about $250. And I always think it's fun to watch our motorhome go up on a jack. You don't just see that every day. Always. And they have a little campground there if you want to make use of their electricity. <laughs> but they lock you in at night. Um, yeah. And, and you really don't want to be there because Moscow, Iowa is no place. It's on the interstate, so it was easy to get to. Um, and they had a nice waiting room yes. with a microwave yeah. and, and free internet. And free internet. So, you know, they did what they could. Um, but I hate going to RV repair places. Things. Yeah, well, but if you could, if you need your jacks repaired and happen to be traveling through Moscow, Idaho, or I mean Moscow, Iowa, then uh, yeah, Iowa, not Idaho, because there is a Moscow, Idaho. Mm-hmm. So be sure uh, that you stop and make a reservation at the HWH facility. Uh, you know, our jacks are kind of old, and we had the left one replaced in Florida, and now the right one on the backside replaced there. So this was not totally unexpected or out of place. So for the remainder of the week, we had excellent jack experiences. <laughs> Ken pressed the button, the jacks went down. He pressed the button, the we jacks went up. All that. But now that we got here to Flagstaff, luckily we're on a perfectly level site. He pushes the button and we hear So we'll see what that's all about. They told me everything was working perfectly. <laughs> so who knows? So the trip out. Uh, one of the things that we did, we did try to take advantage of was lots of free camping. And I think we've become kind of aficionados of free camping and uh, there are lots of good websites to help you out with this we camped for virtually nothing uh, almost every night and mostly we did casinos and they varied greatly in terms of camping experience because some of them were quite posh and had uh we don't gamble but they had you know a nice buffet with a nice restaurant and a little shopping and posh meaning the casino was posh right but the parking lot was not posh well it gave you something to do at the end of the day you could go in there and wander around and not get gassed out by cigarette smoke like you did in the other one that was in the vicinity of oklahoma city right and a bit more off the road i i of course love camping for free but to me there comes a point where if you have to wander too far off the path that you are on for where you're ultimately going it may not be worth it but these casinos were pretty close to the highway almost all the casinos are right on the expressway and if you have a chance and you're in the vicinity of a casino look at casinocamper.com and they have a complete list and tell you exactly what kinds of uh, facilities each of the each of the casinos has so just like with walmart some uh, uh, are welcome you and some are not welcoming at all but in the ones that we stayed at um, we had everything from just a plain large huge parking lot 
so we could kind of be off by ourselves, run the generator, not have to worry about bothering anybody. Two, one casino that we stopped at had full hookups for free. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> How could you beat that? Yeah, and, and because we have guilty consciences and we don't gamble, we tried to go in there to have something to eat. <laughs> But the food looked terrible, <laughs> and it just reeked of cigarette smoke, so we didn't give those people a dime. Sorry. Yeah, well, we did go in and register. <laughs> I mean, this was a really small casino by yeah. casino standards, yeah. and they had one teeny little restaurant. That but the campground was almost full. There was only one site left. But full hookups for free at a, at a nice place. I mean, out in the open and, you know, great satellite reception and... We have telephone service, cell service. So. Yeah, I don't know what motivates them, but we're so check them out. I think we like casinos a little bit better than WalMarts because there's less, less traffic and usually less urbanness to it. And they said security goes around and checks. And you're with other RVs. Yeah. You're clearly not an interloper. At least that's how I feel at the, okay. at Walmart sometimes. But we want to talk about some of the other free sites because there are lots of other places that you can go that are free. And we found out. Um, in our drive yesterday around here in Flagstaff, we were driving to Sycamore Canyon Overlook, which we found out was kind of a four-wheel drive road. <laughs> when you're out here, you got to be careful yeah. because uh, what looks like a road sur- uh, suddenly runs out of pavement. And it was Forest Service. Road. Forest Service. Because we were in the National Forest, in Kaibab National Forest. Exactly. And it was very interesting that on Memorial Day weekend that there were numerous groups of people just camped off in the wilderness a lot of big rigs big rigs not just little tents they so they went down the forest road a ways found a clearing pulled in and that was their family's campsite for the weekend apparently and that i think is uh, pretty much free too and i'm going to include on uh, this month's podcast uh, webpage places that you can find out about free camping because uh, it's nice to find places that are free camping and as i said uh, one of the places that we use of course is casino camper but there's another website that is uh, called freecampgrounds.com and there's also militarycampgrounds.us which we can't use because we're not military, obviously. But uh, you, if you are military, you probably know about that and want to give it a try anyway. And you might want to take a look at a couple of the of the groups. In Yahoo groups, yeah. There's a group for Walmart camping and camping <laughs> tips and open road forums. Oh, no, that's, on, that's not on Yahoo. Look on the website. Well, Yahoo has many forums. And, and Elks and Moose and VFWs also have free campgrounds, yeah. too, if you remember one of those. But if you want to like talk about and share experiences, oh, it's raining now. Talk about experiences with uh, free camping. You might want to take a look at some of these uh, websites and the groups because you could share information with other people. Uh, National Park Service, and of course, another one that we used was Passport America, which we is about the only campground membership memberships we the, use. that we have. But it's we got so a good cheap. deal. What did you pay for this year? Forty dollars. Yeah, that's what it cost last time. And we got uh, a campground for two nights for. $16 a night. And one was 10 And full hookups, you know. So was, with Passport, you deal. use it a time or two, even though you can't always use it during high season, and there are some strings attached, it's pretty easy to make it pay for itself. Yeah, it, it works out pretty well. So uh, if you're looking to save a few bucks, you might want to take a look at these, especially if you're out west. That seems to be where most of the places are except for the casinos. But every town, every big town out west has a casino or two, even the Las Vegas area. And most of the camping there is very reasonably priced. So what's new in Flagstaff since we were here in 1977? 
It's kind of amazing that we have vivid memories of being here and the things that we did, but we don't recognize anything. anything. So that makes me think that things must have changed in 32 years, 33 years. Can't imagine why. Uh, certainly the college campus has doubled in size, which is to be expected. And the downtown has been renovated, which is kind of interesting. A lot of the towns that we've passed on our trip out here, including Flagstaff, are on old Route 66, 66. and they make a big deal out of that. Um, I think we're just a little too young to feel the nostalgia for Route 66, but it's a Although claim. I wrote on Route 66. It's a claim to fame. It's and, a claim to fame. And occasionally you'll see a funky old motel. Uh, we saw one. The oh, Wigwam. Yeah, the Wigwam Motel. I'm trying to remember the name of the town where it was. Yeah. It was um, Holbrook, Arizona. Um, that was very picturesque. Each hotel room was its own wigwam. Uh, so there, there's some... Um, hokey, hokey from the 50s. Yeah, kind of hokey, but kind of cute, depending. So Flagstaff is, is quite an interesting town, and one of the reasons why it has a claim to fame is because it's cool. Yeah, we were surprised. In, in our campground, we are feeling very much like we do in the winter when we're snowbirds because many of the people camped around us are here for lengthy periods of time and, and all have gray hair and wrinkles. And? And they are here fleeing the heat of Phoenix just like we <laughs> flee the cold of the Chicago area when we go away for the winter. Except they don't have to drive 1,200 miles. They drive 120 miles. Yeah, they drive two hours. That's what's so nice about Arizona. You don't like the weather. You just get in your car and you go. Yeah, that is really a... a a nice feature of this of this uh, particular area. Um, the 120 miles makes a huge difference. Flagstaff actually has no TV channels of its own, so the TV that you get on the cable is from Phoenix. And they're talking about 100 degree temperatures and uh, and here sunny it's in the bright. 60s. <laughs> they were shivering. And of course, as the summer goes on, that's going to become more and more appealing. But these people come on up here for the summer. They drive home once in a while to pick up the mail. Then they go back for the winter because it's nice and cool. Well, it's reasonably temperate down there and cold up here because they get lots of snow. Yeah. We went to the snow bowl where you can actually ski. So in one day you can play golf in the 70s in Phoenix and drive 120 miles and you're in skiing. You can go skiing in Flagstaff at the snow bowl. So this is a, an interesting area. Probably if I was to buy a house here, I would buy it in Sedona. Which is in the middle. <laughs> and which is quite expensive because it's in yes, the middle. Yes, I would think so. Yeah. Um, beautiful Red Rock beautiful country. Area. We spent a day there. As, as Midwesterners, we appreciate the scenic beauty that we find in these towns because uh, it's, it's much more dramatic than it is at home. That's for sure. Now, one thing we have had trouble with in our campground here is cell phone service. We're mm. just a bit too far out of town. And Ken discovered a wonderful new gizmo that enabled him to make some phone I've calls at, today. I've looked at cell phone amplifiers. And, you know, you're talking about 350 400 bucks for an amplifier and an antenna. You know, and if that's going to be your sole Internet connection and sole... Uh, connection to the outside world, then it might be worth it to put an antenna up and an, and an amplifier. But there are times when we just kind of want a little extender. So I bought a product called Cell Ranger. And what this is, is a cigarette lighter box and an antenna that has a magnetic mount that sticks on the outside of your car. And the box has a, an amplifier in it, which um, sends the signal, which amplifies the signal and sends it to your cell phone inside the car or inside your RV. 
I'll put the, of course, put the website up on the on links section. But uh, you might want to give this a try. It was uh, less than a hundred dollars, and it seems to do uh, a job because it's, well, we're in a marginal area. I don't yes. know if it would do the job if you were in a no bar area. Well, yeah, yeah, but but, but we were in an area with one bar where the conversations kept breaking up, and once you plug that thing in, there was no more breaking up. And yes. you could make reasonable phone calls. Pretty cool. Unfortunately, I can't mount it quite correctly because we have no metal roof that you can mount it on. So um, we'll maybe we'll give it a try in the car. You're supposed to be use the magnetic mount to put it onto something metal, and we have nothing that is you can stick it on the outside of the RV. So maybe you have a metal roof, but it would be aluminum, so that wouldn't count anyway. But anyway. <laughs> Mounted on the roof, <laughs> or a rubber roof like we used to have. <laughs> that won't stick to that either. But that's the Cellarager. If you've been watching some of the, or reading some of the RV magazines lately, you know that uh, this is a sign of the times. RV magazines, uh, the recent issues of the most RV magazines are really thin as compared to a year ago. Family Coach, um, Family Motor Coach, Escapees magazine managed 144 pages and 96 pages. Trader Life and Motorhome look anemic at 68, and I certainly have noticed the difference. Good Sam's once ad-packed Highways magazine can manage only 54 pages. Well, I guess that's... Uh, just a sign of the times. Advertisers can't pay to advertise in the magazine, so the magazines are much thinner than they used to be. But that means I don't have much cool stuff to talk about because all the gizmos and gadgets are gone. Oh, you managed to find something cool at Walmart. Walmart? (laughs) (laughs) And you only spent $4, which made me very happy. How about little sidewalk illumination lights? Pretty tutti-frutti. That are solar. LED. Oh, I, I love LEDs because they use such a little bit of power and they can be put in all sorts of neat devices and the batteries last forever and these are solar powered. $4 each. You go to Walmart, they're little sticks and you can stick them into the ground around your RV to set it off and make it look spectacular. And they turn on automatically at night and recharge automatically during the daytime, even without a bright sun. They seem to be working pretty well. So hopefully we won't drive away and leave them here. So what? Four bucks. They're not part of our routine. (laughs) But what else I bought are a couple of other neat ones. Um, I bought... at Costco, of course, you kind of have to look around for these things because, uh, and I do, of course, but you could buy yourself a pack of motion sensitive LED lights. I was going to put one on the outside door here, but I haven't had a chance to do it yet. But this is battery operated and they're magnetic mount also, or screw in mount. It senses motion so that if somebody comes to your door and knocks in the middle of the night, the light goes on. And then, of course, inside your closets and bays and doors and all sorts of places like that, they have these wonderful LED lights, which are are basically stick-on, which help illuminate these dark areas. And they even have uh, LED track lights that run on. She's giving me the evil eye here. Well, the one you put in the closet is not bright enough. It doesn't help. It works fine in the places that I put mine, but you didn't (laughs) give me much much, uh, direction on where to put it, so it didn't probably go in the right place. But I put one underneath the, the washer dryer, and it lights up that area down there. I well, put one none of my stuff set. is in that area. Well, then put them where you want to. Uh, they come in packs. So for about $10, you get three or four of them. So you can put them any place you want. And they're aimable. But they're not very and bright. They're very bright. I think there's a little bit of controversy See here. See for yourself. <laughs> 
But you might want to take a look at Costco or Sam's and, and uh, probably in the flashlight section. And, of course, you wouldn't want to miss your, your fabulous headlights, which I use all the time. That is very practical. You look like an idiot, but it is useful. <laughs> and now I've got a super bright one. I just got a brand new one. <laughs> you feel like you've been so, Guantanamo Baby interrogated when you use Is this there. torture? <laughs> Well, our viewers, you know, if you're a gizmoologist like I am, that this is kind of a cool little thing to have little lights wherever you want to put them. And I have a lot of nice blinking lights. And now I have sidewalk lights and lights in the cabinets and under the cabinets and around the cabinets and over the cabinets. Next topic. (laughs) (laughs) And they run on, on replaceable batteries. So how's the price of fuel been? Oh, when we planned this trip, um, it was all over $4 a gallon, and we've been getting diesel for somewhere a little over 2 What a heartwarming experience this is. Yes. Well, yes, $1.99 right here in Flagstaff, which is uh, pretty amazing. Um, and when you're buying, you know, 100 gallons, that, that can add up to, to a, a significant savings. And to see it below the price of regulars, really. Also heartwarming. And also heartwarming. <laughs> Although when we use the toad, it doesn't help. But the, the big yeah, miles the go big on miles with the motorhome. Motor yeah. Because it's been about 1,500 miles to get out here. Yeah. All on, mostly on all superhighway. 40 is finished. It has been for a while. But not the last time we drove out here. <laughs> In 1977. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's what happens when you're old. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about uh, oh, a freezer. This is always a dilemma. Um, at home, I have a deep freeze. I did get a smaller deep freeze um, because it is just two of us. But I really like to have a lot of stuff on hand, take advantage of sales, um, free stuff from my little garden, um, and just have it all in there for whenever I want it. Uh, people drop in. You can throw something out in the microwave. You go it's to a very potluck? convenient. Yeah. At the campground, you have a potluck. Well, you know, with the RV, you always have to go to the grocery store because even though I have a good-sized refrigerator, <laughs> And I should not complain. Yes, you <laughs> I have so much refrigerator space, which I don't really feel like I need, and never enough freezer space. And there's some motorhome people that give up some of their precious bay, bay. cargo space mm. to have a second external freezer. But I would just like some RV manufacturer to put fridges in the RVs that are a little more 50-50. Oh, really? That's all you want? Oh. At least. Because I've, I've heard from a couple of people. Uh, somebody actually sent me an email and asked me about whether we had a freezer, and uh, we just have the one that comes in the refrigerator. We do have a four-door, 12-cubic-foot refrigerator, so it is... Plenty big. <laughs> we can't. I shouldn't complain. But I always but leave all this cheap food at home. A number of people that we've traveled with have had a freezer that goes in the base. And my question is, it seems like it would drain the batteries in no time at all, so that your dry camping capabilities would be minimal. Yeah, that's I don't something know. else Either to that think or about. The generator yeah i don't know i would be interested to hear uh experiences that uh, those of you out there have had um and and so we can share with the rest of our listeners but the idea that you could run it a compressor generator uh for a very long time on uh, sorry a compressor refreezer for a very long time off a battery just doesn't make sense to me I just think that we go to the grocery store a lot more when we are on the road, and every time we go to the grocery store, we buy too much stuff. It's just more convenient to have it all. And the other thing is I find myself cooking less from scratch because to accumulate all the ingredients that I would normally keep in the freezer, I just don't have the space. Can't have those chopped onions and all those green peppers and all that good stuff that you ordinarily My cilantro and my parsley. 
You don't even know all the secrets that I, I have. I know all the ingredients that she hides in her freezer. So you, you're, I would love to have a bigger freezer, These but cost, you're right. Uh, six, seven hundred dollars on sale. But the power issue is not and inconsequential. I don't, I don't know how big they are. And you sure would hate to run out of power and have all that stuff thaw. So. Yeah, but then again, our freezer at home uses actually very little bit of power because you don't open it up much, right? And it just is very well insulated and therefore works pretty cheap to run. So I don't know. Um, We would like some advice, and maybe we would go out and take a look at at one. (laughs) So most of you are probably planning on uh, getting your RVs out of storage if you haven't already, and if you're not full timers, then uh, it's been in storage, and you want to get that uh, fresh water system ready to go. So what are you going to do? Just fill up the tank and. And head out? No. You want that that tank to be sweet and pure. So you're going to, um, first of all, you're going to, as we found out, I think, um, you're going to want to get a <laughs> a water regulator because that will keep the water pressure reasonable. Well, we had our valve on our toilet blow out. Well, it was trickling, but and he it said it was partially was due to too much pressure in the campground. So you probably want to get yourself a regulator. That's a very small, inexpensive device that goes uh, in the hose. And of course, when you're looking at hoses, you know you don't want to use just any old garden hose because when water sits in those, it leaches out uh, the chemicals. And so you want to take a look at uh, the white hose that is specifically for. Using in RVs, drinking water for potable water. We have a couple of filters on ours, a carbon filter as well as a paper filter, as well as a soft water device so that the water comes into the RV soft, which seems like a good idea to me, but of course not necessary. But when you're getting your your rig ready in the spring, best thing to do is to put some bleach, and bleach sounds bad because it sounds very poisonous, but actually bleach is a a reactive agent which uh, dissipates very quickly. So you put, um, it says about a quarter cup per 15 gallons in your freshwater tank. Uh, That seems a little high to me, but uh, you put uh, some bleach into your tank along with the water you can pour it right into the hose and then hook the hose up to the water spout and and pump it in that way and into the tank and uh, you should probably drive around the block a couple times to, to kind of get things all shook up turn on the valves in the rv until you smell the chlorine and then empty the tank and do the same thing fill it up again and put in some vinegar this time in about the same quantity. And once the vinegar is in, you splash that around a couple times by driving around the block, empty it out, fill it up with fresh water, open the valves till it smells wonderful and is fresh and clean, and that will be it for the winter, for the summer, or well, whenever you're traveling, really, and you'll be ready to go because your tank, your fresh water system will be clean and pure. And we know because it works. We've had good water. Did you do all those things? I tried to. Ooh, good boy. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. All right, so uh, next on the list is a wonderful, (laughs) you know, we drive down the interstates here, and uh, you see all these trucks, of course, and we're right along with them, and we're traveling with our home, and you see all of the new uh, 18-wheelers have this kind of extension on the cab, and we've always kind of wondered what's in there. It's the home, the RV home for the truckers. Well, a lot of them sleep in their rigs every night, right? (laughs) Yeah, and they do a lot more. And uh, if you take a look on web on YouTube, and if you type in uh, Peterbilt Home on Wheels, or if you click on the link on our website, you will be taken to a video where the guy gives you a tour of an 18-wheeler's home. 
How does it compare to ours? Uh, actually, very well. I mean, it's not as it has a, a wet bathroom, you know, where the shower and the bath were like we had. Oh, so he doesn't have to shower in the truck no. stop. No, that's good. It had a sink, a single bowl sink, mm-hmm. a dinette that made into a bed. Could he cook in there? Could he cook? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So that's it good. Had, so it gives them it, the flexibility too. Yeah, and the, so well, and they can just park there in the parking lot, and away they go. The, there is a kind of an interesting. Uh, <laughs> video on uh, the Travel Channel that's called uh, Extreme Truck Stops. <laughs> they take you to all the, the truck stops throughout the country and uh, let you see what uh, what they have to offer. And some of them are pretty posh mm-hmm. and pretty and pretty big, too. So uh, you might want to take a look at that if you're thinking, if you've always kind of wondered what's going on inside the world of 18-wheelers and where they live. Oh, my portable satellite dish, which we haven't had a chance to use yet. Yeah, as you probably know, no, you probably don't know. Why would they know? I don't know, because they keep up with technology. But they're about to find out. If you are trying to get high-definition TV with your direct TV system, you have to be able to pick up five satellites. Boy, that sounds hard. Yeah, and when our yeah, and it has to be aimed just right. And when our dish, we have a, a satellite dish on the roof for the internet, and it's supposed to pick up the Directv also, which it does very well. But uh, sometimes due to changes in Directv, they've added two more satellites, and the dish that I have no longer will receive high definition. So to get high definition, which we have to have in the RV, of course. I was going to say, is this really a critical <laughs> issue to campers? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. All right. Okay, so I bought a portable 5LNB DirecTV dish, um, and it was very nice because I started to set it up in my in my yard, and <laughs> I had home. three of my neighbors come over and try to help me set it up. Where we live, you can't do anything with a screwdriver outside without five or six guys coming over to help. Well, it was actually quite an interesting project to get it set up. I don't know if it works, but to get all the pieces and, and components put together. You've accounted for all the pieces, I've right? I've accounted for all the pieces, well, and it, must and it be should right. go together. Um, but if you'd like to take a look at this, if you're looking for a portable... A uh, satellite dish, not for internet. Well, they make ones for internet too. But uh, go to maxwellsatellite.com and they will be happy to help you with uh, this portable satellite dish. So I'm uh, I'm going to be giving that a try, but we haven't been in a campground where I've really needed it. With our current setup, I can now just pick up regular definition. What a shame. We so also we- have cable TV in this campground. <laughs> Poor us. And we get over-the-air high definition, so. And then we complain because it's raining. <laughs> well, there are, there are hardships. There are hardships. We want to talk uh, kind of on a serious topic here about uh, the rules of the campground. Oh, I think I just here need... Here comes an r and I just need to rant and rave a little bit. I, you know, when, when you go to a campground... Uh, We've been doing this for 30 years, and almost without More exception, uh, the owners of the campgrounds are in the people business, and they want you to have a good time in their campground and in their community, and they do whatever they can think of to uh, help you to be happy here. And the campground that we're in here in Flagstaff is a very nicely kept campground. That's yes. one of the reasons we selected it. It was with spacious sites, even for motorhomes, and their level and um, good facilities. Um, but the way the way the people here have treated us has just made us feel like 
preschoolers or I don't know, the Beverly Hillbillies or we brought in a You can't have a ladder. You can't have a step stool. You cannot smoke except inside your RV. We don't smoke, of course, but that is a little bit too much. You can't smoke outside. You can only smoke inside your RV. You can't have anything that extends more than five feet above your RV. So some people have antennas and things. You can't have you can't have that. You can't I mean they have these crazy rules. You can't do any sort of maintenance or any anything. Yeah, what triggered this is is our slides not I mean our jack's not working properly and and Ken asked the campground owner, did he recommend a repair facility or person and he gave out gave him a card for this guy who does who cruises the campgrounds. Very nice mobile R V service. Very nice man came right away, said very honestly I'm not quite sure that I can help you, but I will be happy to take a look at it and I'll let you know if I can help you or not. And and you know, he had to open a few of the compartments <laughs> of our motorhome. <laughs> And one of them is in the front of our motorhome, so the wife of the campground owner immediately assumed that that was the engine, which it was not, and she just went ballistic. And uh, one of the things that this man suggested that we try is to reboot our our leveling system's motherboard, so we had to disconnect the batteries, and so the battery compartment was open, and that was another big no-no. And she just made us feel like we were bringing some rusty jalopy in here and putting parts all over the backyard. and like we did it on purpose. Like I brought it here so that I could fix it. I mean, this was not the, the, really the issue. And like my fixing this particular item was going to spur other people to start opening up their bays and changing their oil and doing all sorts of other other repair things that w- wasn't going to happen. So it just made me feel you bad. Can't, oh, you can't go on your roof, huh? even yeah, if you have yeah. a ladder. Yeah, because Ken wanted to try out our new little cell phone antenna booster signal thing on the roof, but he can't go up on the roof and try it out. It's incredible. So I think this this lady has probably had some bad experiences and should get into a different line of work because she doesn't love us campers anymore. Well, and, and I, we want to kind of ask our listeners if they've run into rules excessive like rules. excessive rules. You know, we don't mind. And, you know, quiet time, no generators. Okay, you know, we can buy all that, but uh, these can't have your bay doors open. You know, <laughs> and it kind of struck me when we came in here that there were so few children here on Memorial Day weekend. But, but it, says I would, it's, it's a, it says it's an adult-oriented park. Oriented, yeah. yeah. But uh, kids couldn't survive here because no. they'd make noise and throw balls. and It's too bad. Left a bad taste in my mouth. Yes. So I want to know if, if you've been similarly afflicted by mm. campground Nazis. <laughs> Read the rules before you check in. Sign on the dotted line. That was another thing. They made us pay. We were here for a week. They made us pay for the whole reservation six months ago when we made the reservation. Nobody does that. And I, they might take a card to hold it. They might take a one-day deposit. But you never pay for the whole thing. And I just made a reservation for Labor Day. Labor Day. Indeed. Another holiday Another weekend. Another holiday weekend. And they just took my credit card and weren't going to charge us yeah. until we arrived. Yeah. She said you can pay for it however you want to when yeah. you arrive. Yeah. What's with these people? Yeah. That's Thank- Arizona. Thanks for letting me get that off my chest. <laughs> okay. She feels much better. <laughs> Okay, between now, well, a big event between now and the next next broadcast broadcast is that analog TV is going away. Oh, are we here with something else going on? Oh, God, who cares about analog TV? (laughs) 
Our good friend who we've known since 1980, almost as long as we since we've been to Flagstaff, yeah. is coming to visit us from Munich, Germany. And uh, we are so excited to have him stay with us in the motorhome and show him as many national parks as we can cram into three weeks because that's as long as he has time to stay. So that's really what's brought us out here at this particular time. And we're really looking forward to revisiting some of these places that we haven't yeah, seen ourselves in a long time years, right? and, and kind of seeing our country through a European's eyes. So. And so we'll hope to have a nice interview with him sometime. We're doing this podcast just a bit early. Just because, before uh, he comes. Just before he comes because we're going to be quite busy. With because him. we head off next to the Grand Canyon where we're actually park, we're actually camping in the Grand Canyon campground um, within ice shot of the south rim of the Grand Canyon. And then we're heading over and doing a an elder hostel. We've talked about those before, but uh, this is another great experience to meet people and to see the sites of a local area in depth and kind of in a intellectual sort of way. And boy, but we're doing some great things. Yeah, we're rafting. Rafting. Helicopter ride. Indians coming to talk to us. All so sorts of great things. We'll see the Grand Canyon in and, a way we haven't seen it ourselves. And this is one of those uh, elder hostels that actually accepts RVs. RVs. So our friend is staying in a room, and we are staying in the RV. We save a few bucks by doing that. But that sounds like a very exciting time. And then we're heading over to Las Vegas for a couple of nights of fun and sin. Sin and debauchery. And, but we're, 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 st- we're not staying at a casino. That's kind of crazy, isn't it? Why aren't we staying at a casino for free there? Yeah, because well, we want we to wanted impress- really nice yeah. facilities for our friend. We right. don't want him to feel cheap. <laughs> And then we're heading up uh, to Zion and Bryce, Bryce and Tetons and Yellowstone for a week. And by the third week of June, he will be gone. So the next time we our podcast, we will be talking about all of these great adventures. That we and, had with him. And hopefully it will be with the fond memories of good weather. Which no more of this not, rain business. No more of this rain business. We didn't mean to bring that from Chicago, but I guess we did. So... That about takes care of this month. So this is Ken, your RV navigator, hoping we will actually see you in a campground near us. If you're going to be in the National Parks area, please stop by and see us or let us know when you're where you're going to be. And this is Martha, the co-pilot, wishing you happy travels.